0: Business Tech Weekly podcast episode number 26. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft and my name is Andy Traub. We're here each and every week devoted to those of you who are small to medium-sized business owners trying to share with you what we have learned in the area of technology that has helped us to become more profitable, more efficient, productive, just making us enjoy life so much more. And we want to share some of that stuff with you today. Andy, how are
1: you, my friend? You know, I'm great. And that's a great intro, Cliff, because this show is going to, I mean, of all of our shows, this one, I mean this sincerely, this might be the most content rich show to where literally we're gonna shave hours off of people's work week. We are gonna, I mean, literally I'm not, this is not bloated, you know, advertisement for ourselves. Like this could change people's schedules, their productivity. Um, These are things I take for granted after having used them so long. But man, we are we're gonna help you if you surf the internet. <laughs> and so if you do, um, you know, check out the show notes. We're gonna have a ton of links because we have a ton of information. So I'm pumped about today.
0: Excellent. Well, I am pumped about today as well. In fact, I noticed uh, well, first of all, let me just tell people what we're talking about. We're talking about browser add-ons or browser plugins They're about the same thing. plugins, add-ons. They're basically little little tiny snippets of programs that you can install into a browser that allows you to do more functionality than anything uh, th- than just the browser itself. And I think today we're specific specifically going to focus on plugins that are available for Firefox. Although some of these same plugins are now available on other browsers such as Safari and even more recently in uh, Chrome, Google Chrome, which is something that I'm actually using a whole lot more of these days than I am even Firefox. So I'm excited to talk about those. But before we get into talking about browser plugins, you want to tell them who's calling and what the questions are going to be about here from our, our good friend?
1: Well, it's our friend Jim in Michigan and uh, Jim's a friend of ours, and I think been a client of both of ours, actually. But his question is about
0: our home office setup. Exactly. Go ahead and take it away, Jim. Oh, whoa, 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 wrong file. <laughs> That's not the right file. That's all right. Jim, take it away now.
2: Hi, Cliff. This is Jim Bramham from Canton, Michigan. This is for Business Tech Weekly. I was wondering if you and Andy could talk about your home offices. I believe both of you have offices in the basement of your houses. We currently have my office on the second floor loft. This is an open area, so I don't have any privacy, plus the acoustics are terrible up here. Since I want to start podcasting, this isn't going to work for me. We're thinking of moving my office to our unfinished basement. Uh, We don't want to spend a lot of money to finish the basement. would like an office with a door what are your guys recommendations regarding insulation do you have acoustic panels on your walls how about flooring or anything else you could do if starting from scratch i'm just looking for you know any suggestions you have that'd be greatly appreciated thanks guys for all you do business tech weekly rocks
0: all right jim thank you for your call uh andy so you're in the basement too huh I am, I am in my basement. Nice. It is nice down here. It's cozy. It is cozy. In the summertime, it stays a little cooler. and yeah, uh, cold right now, actually. Are you cold? Well, uh, I am in South Dakota.
1: Nice. And we had our first uh, day above 50 degrees since December. So, nice. Well, know, hey, I,
0: I just want to say that I absolutely love working from home 97% of the time. There, mm-hmm. there are portions of my days and weeks that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, the TV, you know, everybody's home, you know, and the TV's up really loud with the surround sound and the subwoofer going off. And, you know, the kids are, you know, above me jumping around, running around like crazy people in my kitchen and stomping. And, and here I am either trying to work with a client or record a podcast. And I'm like, ah, whatever. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's occasionally. But can I just say that, you know, as a, as, a, as a father of three young children, 10, 8, and 4 years old, uh, and, and as a husband who has a wife that stays at home, I just love being available and accessible to my wife and kids. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's something that, that I never had until I worked from home. And, and it, it, it's a beautiful thing. Um, now, one of the things that I will say is that I live in what's called a split level or a bi-level home. And so there's just, you You walk in the front door and you have to go either upstairs or downstairs. And uh, the downstairs portion used to be all one huge long room. And for the longest time when podcasting was my hobby, I just basically had a little table set up in a corner and uh, a bunch of equipment set up on it to record podcasts. And uh, when we got a little bit more serious about this stuff, uh, we started thinking about possibly putting a wall up and... And having a door put on the studio so that, that I could have it and ha- even lock it so that, you know, the kids don't get into anything and, and all this other stuff. This is before I even decided to do this full time as my career. But, uh, wow, I'll tell you, it, it's nice. It is It is nice to have a, a door that you can close and just, you know, be away from everything else. Uh, the acoustics, my, my suggestion is at the very minimum, you must have carpet on the floor, especially if you're going to do podcasting. You absolutely must have carpet on your floor. If you don't have carpet on your floor, you're going to get a lot of that in your show. Um, and as far as the other things in your studio, I would suggest probably, you know, you don't have to finish your entire entire basement. I mean, it depends on how you want to do it. You could actually finish just a portion of just like a, like a room size portion of your basement and put a door in it. And, uh, I would certainly suggest finishing the walls inside and, uh, and i would I would suggest if you're gonna be doing podcasting in there, i would I would load your walls up with with stuff. and by that, I mean, put bookcases in, shelving with books all over, you know, anything that will dampen the sound and and absorb sound in your studio or in your office so that basically what what doesn't happen is your voice echoing off the different walls back and forth to each other. And this happens right. in any house. like if you've ever moved, out of a, out of your home, you know, from one home to another, and when when you moved all the furniture out, how it just sounds like it echoes. Well, that's what you want to avoid, and so don't create an office and then just keep it this sterile environment. But bring things in. I mean, if you if you can have like a deer's head on the wall, I mean, that's great stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good stuff. Well, yeah, there's a lot of hunting in Michigan, so I'm sure Jim's got a couple deer hanging out. And the other thing I think you can do, and actually, I, I have our, my VA working on this right now is, you know, I think there are some some pretty affordable ways to, you know, insulate your room sound-wise, uh, like you said, to keep the vibrations down. But, you know, I really would encourage you, and this is on a larger scale to answer your question, you know, go ahead and, and finish off a section of the basement. Um, you know, I have a space heater down here, so that's all I really need, um, you know, heat-wise. But, you know, I definitely want to say the biggest issue you're going to deal with in a basement is you know, the ceiling, how insulated is it between floors? Because frankly, um, mine's not very insulated and, or at all insulated. And that's, that's becoming a problem. Um, so the better the microphone, the more it might pick that up. So I, I, I would just say, for The high
0: LPR 40, by the way.
1: There you go. So, and, and Cliff, tell me real quick, is that, is that better isolating the noise right in front of it? I mean, that
0: yes. you know, is that
1: the advantage of it?
0: Yeah, the the main advantage of the uh, of a dynamic microphone. Um, and by the way, we, you could get the same kind of effect with a with a two hundred dollars less expensive microphone. This is Shure SM fifty eight, but uh, but yeah, the the micro, dynamic microphones uh, basically require uh, that you pretty much be right up on top of the microphone to get the full uh, quality of sound and also to to pick up the audio. Whereas over here. I don't can you hear this at all? You probably don't no. hear that. I'm snapping no. my fingers. Um I don't have wow. a I, I yeah, and so I was snapping my fingers in front of me. Now if I do this, I I can do this. Right. All right. And so what I've done is do you hear me now? Uh-huh. And can you hear the well, I don't know. I there's not a whole lot of echo in here. But you no. can, but you can tell the difference. Um, it, you know what happens with a dynamic microphone is is you if you can get right up on it, you can really deaden the sound of a lot of things that surround you. And so, in podcasting, yeah. uh, one thing I just tell you, if you're, if, unless you are in a one hundred percent hermetically sealed soundproof <laughs> room, uh, right. do not get a condenser microphone and instead go with go with a dynamic.
1: Well, and that's a great point. I mean, Jim, you know, I think you're asking a really practical question. And I guess to finish it up, we could just say, you know, you could spend a lot of money on insulation, but you could also probably spend that same amount on a better microphone. Um, and it would probably save you some of that trouble, uh, you know, so, uh, but yeah, we work from home and, and there are certain advantages and my kids are much younger than yours. Um, you know, I have an eight month old and a two year old and, um, you know, this has been a tough week to work from home, but uh, it's been a tougher week to be a, a stay at home mom for my wife. So I'm glad that I could be there for her, but um you know, I, you know. There's other things we could give you advice on, and you know, boundaries and when you're interruptible and things like that. But um, you know, we can talk about those on another time. But um, good luck, Jim. Thanks for the question.
0: Absolutely. Hey, let's talk about these browser plugins because I, I'm pretty excited to uh, share some of mine with everybody. And you and I use pretty much most of the same plugins back and forth. But you have a couple on here that I have heard about and I never really did. I never did test out. Uh, so, so let's talk about them. Um, I think, yeah. if, Hey Cliff, real yeah. quick,
1: I want to tell folks, these are going to be found if you have Firefox under tools and then add ons. Yes. Yeah, um, so, and then you can use search for them and, and and we'll have links to all of them in our show notes, but there's a lot more you might want to use. You know, these aren't the only ones you want to use. There's tens of thousands, you know?
0: Exactly. So, so definitely, you, uh, you definitely want to uh, look in up these things and, and use them. First, first and foremost, I use X marks.
1: Mm.
0: it's X M A R K S. Xmarks yes. is by far the most powerful plugin that i use and the reason why i say that is because i browse the web on let me look one two three four five six six computers on a weekly basis right And I browse the computer on four computers on a daily basis. And I would actually say I use three of those computers or actually two of those computers on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm consistently going from one to the other, from one to the other. And the reason for that is sometimes I'm doing some processing on one of my computers that I really want to just have it have all the processing power of my computer. So I just want to hop over to the other computer. And let it the other one do its thing. And what's nice is that uh, you know we've talked a lot about using cloud based computing s- software such as Google Mail and our calendars are online and uh hoot you know um HootSuite for our Twitter is online. It's in the browser. Um right. Also uh, HiRise, our content or our customer slash content uh our contact relationship management software. It's all in the cloud. It, it's available. We just need a browser to get to it. The thing is, though, is you get all these bookmarks put into your browser. What happens if you go to some other browser somewhere? Well, yeah, the, absolutely. Nice, the nice thing is is with this add-on, I can go in and it synchronizes all of my bookmarks exactly as they're set up in my Firefox, and it synchronizes them to a server uh, out on the cloud. And then right. any other browser that I hook up, and a, a matter of fact, the, the cool thing about is uh, is it doesn't matter if I go to another browser that's Internet Explorer, I can do Safari, I could do Chrome. All of these browsers allow a version of Xmarks. And I can actually sign in to any of those browsers and I can install that plugin over there and it will synchronize from the cloud all of those bookmarks that I have on my main computer. And if I'm at that other computer and say, wow, this is a site I wanna come to very often. I'm going to put that into my bookmarks. It immediately syncs it to the server, and then it shows up on all of my other browsers.
1: And in addition to that, if you're ever at a computer where you you don't have Xmarks installed because you have to install it and you know give it your name and password for your account, you can go to xmarks.com and you'll have access to all your bookmarks there. You know if you're you know on vacation and you know whatever whatever situation you might have it, they're out in the cloud, and so you can you can obviously get to them that way as well. But it, it's one of those things where you're not tied to a computer, uh, and that really is a is a beautiful thing. That's what the cloud is supposed to be there for, right? Um, you know, yeah. And I do, I do, I use it with the two different computers. I have it hooked up my MacBook and then just my desktop HP. But my wife's got a netbook, and it's on there as well. And um, you know, it's it's great. It's really good for those
0: bookmarks. Absolutely. I I, I will tell you what it, it. I probably save if I had to add it up. I probably save about an hour on average each day from typing in website addresses sure and and it, it's as simple as just i just i click boom and i use the actual bookmark toolbar by the way and and uh, what i do is when I, I put i have all these little uh, links up there but instead of having the entire name of what that bookmark is like i it has the little favicon or the little icon for facebook in there and and instead of saying facebook i just put fb <laughs> And it's got the little icon for Twitter, and it just says T, capital T, lowercase W for Twitter. I've, mm-hmm. I've got a little icon. It's got just a B next to it, and that's my online Bible that I go to. I've mm-hmm. got a, I've got a picture of a monkey, and it just says MC, and it stands for MailChimp. I got one sure. that actually just says W, and if I click that, it'll take me to the Weather Channel. And so I just have all of these little things with little codes, and I know where they're all at, and just no matter what browser i'm on it's like man i need hey will you check the weather boom click on w and i'm i'm there right and the it, other way that it doesn't ahead. it doesn't sound like a lot but to be honest with you it really does shave off some time throughout my day
1: well and i'm not sure this is i mean i think the synchronization of that's great maybe we, this is a good time to point in as well if you right click on a on a bookmark within uh, firefox and i think chrome yeah chrome has this now too But you can give it a shortcut. So instead of typing facebook.com or even clicking on that link, I can just go up to my browser bar and where I type in my URL, I can just type the letters FB and it'll go to Facebook. So you can create small lettered shortcuts or text shortcuts to to your bookmarks as well. So in addition to X marks, you also have the ability to type just a few letters in your browser bar and and it'll go to that bookmark. So your bookmarks can even have shortcuts. Awesome. So again, I don't do a lot of um, navigating with my mouse as much as I do using those shortcuts. Gotcha.
0: Very cool. See, so I didn't even know you could do that. Uh, I, I just, I just have all these little places over here, but that's cool. I'm glad to know that I could do that. All yeah. right. So the next one you have in the list is uh, Google voice add on. Um, now I use Google voice all the time. I always happen I actually happen to have it always open in a tab. But Uh no more,
1: no more. Tell
0: me about this Google Voice add-on.
1: Well, it is simply this: any phone number on your screen. If you click on it, it'll ask you. It'll basically turn your Google Voice on. It'll say, "What phone number? What phone do you want to ring?" Just like with Google Voice, when you click on a phone number, it says within your Google Voice dashboard, it says, "You know, what phone do you want to use?" If you have more than one phone connected, and so within High Rise. You could click on a phone number. Automatically, a little window pops up and says, "What phone number do you want to use to connect to that number?" And they have that on uh, Chrome as well as Firefox.
0: I'm I'm actually adding it now. So is, is that all? <laughs> is that the only thing that does? Uh, as far as I know, what else do you want it to do? No, I, I just didn't know if it would like <laughs> if there was like a little thing it would pull up like a little notification like of your test um, SMS it messages. May,
1: it may actually do that. Yeah, it might. Well, I, I think that actually that's a different one. I think that's a Google Voice Notifier. And I know that's another one. You can also have a Google, Google Voice Notifier. I don't have that one set up.
0: No, um, I, I typed in GV and Google Voice. Neither one of them pull up when I do search. But maybe maybe um, maybe that's only searching the ones I have there. So let me just click here and do add-ons. And I am going to go ahead and browse all add-ons and see if I can find it It's that called way.
1: Google Voice Add-on for Firefox. All right. So and it says click a phone number on any page to place a call using Google Voice.
0: Awesome. All righty. Okay. And so, two, 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 Google. Yep. There I found it. Beautiful. Awesome. So uh, what's next? What is Feedly?
1: Well, Feedly is, I think, uh, Google Reader, but not ugly. <laughs> and uh, Feedly is a add on that I use. And basically, it takes your Google Reader and it makes it in sort of a magazine format. And um, so it's a different way of organizing your Google Reader. But what I like the most about it, not just that it looks more, you know, attractive. Um, I think it's easier to read. It's not quite as busy. But let's just say you are an aggregator. You like to, read. you know, send out a lot of stuff that you read on Google Reader. Uh, then you can, every every story that it has, it has below it, you know, 10 or 15 buttons where you could tweet about it. You could set it out onto your Facebook. You could use your Posterous to, you know, send it out to all your blogs. You, you know, all those different tools to broadcast messages on at the bottom of every story, Feedly has uh, links to those. So I can go through my Google Reader and bam, I can send out uh, a, t- a Twitter message about it. I can post it to my Facebook that I'm reading this story. And so, um, and that's just one word, feed L-Y. And, um, and then it exists in the top of my uh, browser bar. But one of the cool things is when I'm logged in, Cliff, if I'm at um, gspn.tv and, I'm, and I'm, I'm reading or listening to a podcast there and I want to share it with everyone, Feedly has what they call a mini bar and it's I don't know, maybe a quarter of an inch wide by two inches tall and it sits in the far, far right side of your browser window and anytime you're at a blog, you're, you're somewhere that you could send a story out. Uh, you can It has the same small icons. It only has about four or five of them. But if I'm listening to something, I can just go, hey, uh, I want to send this out to people. I want people to know that I'm I'm, uh, I'm listening to this podcast from GSPN. And, I, and it's got a Facebook or a Twitter. Uh, or you can send it out via Gmail. That's another button in there. So you program all that. But basically what it's doing is it's taking all that information that we kind of get and we go through on a day-to-day level and... It gives us an ability to send it out uh, really in a very systematic way. Um, so it saves me a lot of time as I send out and broadcast, um, you know, interesting stuff that I'm taking in. And that's Feedly.
0: So, Very cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right. And then I noticed that you have Gmail message indicator. Yeah, I personally don't use this,
1: Cliff, because I have a permit tab, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yep. So I actually have my, my, my box up all the time. But if you didn't want to have your inbox open, you didn't get as much email or, you know, as, as you and I do or whatever, uh, you can have it up in your, uh, you know, your taskbar there. You can have a in- message indicator, which basically just shows you, um, you know, how many messages, new messages you have in your inbox.
0: Right. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard of that You know, I knew about Gmail message indicator. You know, I, I'm asking, I wonder if you know this. Um, do you know what Gmail app or plugin that's available that if you click on a mail to link that it will actually open up your Gmail and compose a message there versus trying to open up Outlook? You know what? You
1: are supposed to be able to set that up in your um, Google Talk. Okay, you're supposed to be able to go to Google Talk and then settings. I'm doing this as we talk. And then, um, yeah, Google Talks in settings. And then in general, it says open Gmail when I click on email links. You can check that box. Hmm. But you know what? It doesn't work for me. Ah, oh, man. That's a... Bar. I don't know why. But that's... I mean, yeah, it's a huge... It's like it opens up Outlook, which I've never used on this computer. Yeah. You know? And that's supposed to be the workaround. But like all things Google, I can't complain about the price. So... <laughs> Um, so it doesn't work, but for some people that might work. So if you have Google talk enabled, if you click on it, open it up and you go to settings. Um, and actually let me clarify that's on the Google talk, the actual program that sits in my, uh, in my, not, not in your Gmail, but in the actual, I don't know what to call it in the bottom right hand corner of your browser where it's got the date and things like that. Um, those programs on there.
0: Right. I just installed Google voice and, and, uh, just uh, checking it out here. I am going to I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it after we're all done. So, Google voice check this out. All right, what's next on the list here? Colorzilla. So, you and I are both using Colorzilla, which by the way, um, all of these app, all of these work with the uh, fi- firef- Firefox Firefox <laughs> uh, with the exception of if you've just updated to oh, where help where is about Firefox? I just upgraded to 3.6. So if you have 3.5 anything, all, yeah. all of these work. If you have 3.6, let me just tell you real quickly. Um, there's there's a li- couple here. Colorzilla is one that does not work. Gosh. I- IE tab does not work. Java console has just a new one, so that's not a big deal. Uh, but yeah, so th- the deal here is that their IE tab and... Colorzilla does not work in 3.6 and I just want to say yet. And, yet and,
1: and and Cliff I think it's a great point to bring up because a lot of people think oh well these are just add-ons to my to my browser that you know oh, sure I'll upgrade. Well, they are separate programs written by separate people than the folks at Mozilla who created Firefox and so just because they approve a new version of the browser doesn't mean that they have to go back and tell all those people, you know, hey make it com- make your your plugin Compliant with the new version, so I often, several times actually, I have upgraded to the newer version and then I've had to downgrade back down because a certain plugin didn't work. So right. anyway, just to be warned, don't assume that your plugins work, uh, and maybe bookmark where you can get to. A, you know, I'm I'm often going insane. You know, typing, googling uh, old versions of Firefox. You know. Yeah. So back to ColorZilla. What is ColorZilla, Cliff, and how do you use it?
0: ColorZilla, I use all the time because I'm trying to design web po- websites for podcasters, and they say, you know, hey, I have this site over here, and I really like that color, and of course, I need to know either what the RGB color is or the hex color is. Right. And and basically, what it does is it gives me a little eyedropper, mm-hmm. and I can. And it
1: exists it. where.
0: It, it exists down in the little toolbar, down at the at or the system tray or the system yeah, status yep. area, and I just so I just click this little dropper here down at the bottom, and then I can drop that little thing. I can click anywhere on the browser, and whatever I click, whatever the color is, it will tell me all sorts of information about that color. it'll It'll show me the color. It will give me the hex. Code for the color, give me the RGB, and then I can take that information and I can then use that to say, "Hey, I want to make my background this color." So it, right. it I, I can't imagine life without oh my using Color because before this, I used to have to do screen grabs, save yeah. it, open in Firefox, Firefox, and then try to get a try to or not Firefox but Photoshop to get yeah. the actual color.
1: Yeah, so it was like a you know five hundred dollar Colorzilla. Exactly, <laughs> you know. But now, I think another, they did a great job writing this add-on. Some add-ons you'll find they're kind of slim, you know, they're a lot of features. But with this add-on, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to do it real quick. You, know, you click on it, you hover over, you click on something else, and right away it shows you the RGB code, so you can just type that in. But if you hover over the color you just did, and you right click on it, uh-huh. it gives you a ton. of... Of options, including copying uh, the code. So let's just say I'm I'm working on a page. I can you know I can go find the color and go back to the eyedropper. Right click and it'll actually copy that code, which I did white. So it's all F's. But you know you can copy that code literally to your. Um, the, the name is escaping me, but to your 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 Notepad or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's saved just like any control C, basically. So yeah. you can you can do this all with your mouse, whereas before, like you said, it was several steps and it really is great. I mean, you can go all the way down to the pixel almost cliff. So if you have a very small spot where you've got a color, like the color of a text, yep. you know, you can pull that out of there. And and it changes as you hover the, the eyedropper color in the bottom left system tray. It, the, the color there of that background will change as you hover over different colors which is just, I mean, it's just a great plugin. Yes. Um, so if you're doing any sort of work with colors online, uh, absolutely get Colorzilla.
0: All right. The next one we're going to talk about is called Screen Grab. And this one is unbelievable. Uh, if you've ever wanted to just get a little bit of a screen a screenshot of something so, that you have on the browser and you want to just be able to send that as a as an image to somebody this is the program for you now those of you who have a Mac which by the way I don't know if you know this um, uh, Andy but if you do control command shift 4 or command Mm -hmm. shift 3 on your Mac you can actually do a screenshot not just of the browser but anything that's on your screen. Oh great yeah command shift 4 on your Mac will do a screenshot of the entire screen and command shift 3 Will actually give you the little uh, crosshairs that you can choose just a selection. Oh, okay, so okay. And screen grab does a lot of those things. Screen grab will do all of that within the Firefox browser, which is right. kind of nice. Right. Right. And and right. The, the big thing here that I like about the screen grab program is it will allow you to get a. It, to get a screen grab, not just of what is currently viewable on your browser, mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. if the if it if you can scroll down quite a ways, it will actually say, "Hey, do you want to do you want a screen grab of just the viewable area or the entire page?" And yeah. it will actually go and take the entire page from top all the way to the bottom of the document, which is really cool, and it allows you to save it as a JPEG or a PNG. Which, by the way, PNG is is an uncompressed graphic format, so it actually represents the quality that was originally there on the screen.
1: Right. And Cliff, I've seen you use this really unique way. I thought it was pretty cool. I don't know if you, do you remember? I don't know. I use it a lot of different ways. Okay. Well, it was when you put a question out about, um, I think audio coming on automatically on a website. Oh yeah. 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 And you got like, I don't know, 40, I don't know. I don't think I'm exaggerating, like 40 or something responses on Facebook you know cliff puts out this one question how do you feel about audio coming on automatically one of my clients you know wants to know if they should take my advice to get rid of it and it was like you know tremendous you know disapproval yeah. and because you wanted to show everyone the whole thread you know i mean can you imagine the amount of work it would take to save the page save the page save the page save the page, save the page? forget it with screen grab you know you right click you go to screen grab you go to save or copy uh, and then you do a complete page and or frame, and boom, you get the whole thing. yep, and um, so you know again, these are sort of small individual add-ons, and you think, well, that's sort of a selective thing, but you don't realize how much you can use it until you have it. And right. when you do, you go, oh my gosh, i'll I'll just screen grab that. oh this and you stop trying to explain things to people, and you go, "Oh, let me just send you a screenshot real quick." right uh, But it's not you know you could do screenshots, you can hit print screen." Uh, but then you have to open it up somewhere and you know it, it it's eight steps and instead somebody smart wrote screen grab so right. love it
0: i want to tell you another one that's just like screen grab only different it is called fireshot all right yeah. What's that? and fireshot allows you to do something similar the only thing that's different is it gives you the ability to immediately upload it to the fireshot web servers so it oh, creates wow. so basically it takes your screen grab gives you the option to edit the image if you want or to crop it or whatever the whatever you desire to do there Uh You can actually, it allows you, it says, do you want to put some text on top of this? Do you want to circle or highlight an area? You know, it gives you a bunch of basic editing options of this image of the screen grab. Or you can just take the unedited version, just take the screen grab, click the upload button, and it allows you to title that image. It allows you to tag it. It allows you to do all kinds of things, and it uploads it directly to the web so that you can then... Take the link from that that image, and then you can actually have that and post that or embed that into like a forum or or into some other online venues.
1: Wow, that, that saves a lot of steps.
0: Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> you it's, know? it's 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 basically click to grab the screen grab click to upload. You don't have to name it all the time, which, by the way, I never do. I, I just click I, I click to do the screen gra- grab. I click to upload it. And then once it's uploaded, I, I grab the URL of that image and then I go to the forum and just post it into the forum. Wow.
1: That's slick. I mean, as long as you're confident that they're going to be around or it's you know, not a, an well, image that has to last forever. Exactly. You
0: know? I, if it's, a, if it's an image that I want to last forever and I want to always be available, then of course I download, I, I always download the image and I upload it to like my own WordPress hosting or something like that. Sure. But, sure. but most of the time this is like, you know, just the quick question somebody has on, you know, regarding something and wow. you know, something here and there and it's going to pass, you know, it's here today and nice. tomorrow. And it, yeah. I know it's going to last for at least a couple of weeks, at least hopefully. Yeah. So and if it yeah, goes I down, sure I'll get it again.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Make sure you put that
0: in the show notes. I think it's. I don't think it's. In yeah, there. it's at the bottom under the pay. Right oh, there above you go. pay Gotcha. Great. Gotcha. Yep. So, all right. Okay. So we talked about Colorzilla. We called, talked about Screen Grab and FireShot. Uh, IE Tab. You want to tell folks about IE Tab? Yeah,
1: pretty basic. But I, I use IE Tab as an Internet Explorer, the browser that no one likes. Um, <laughs> but I use it when pages aren't rendering correctly, frankly, or there's something goofy with them. Sometimes I guess I'll just default to go check and see what they look like in IE. Or if you do want to see what your page looks like in a different browser, you're working on a website and you can see if it renders differently, you can, you can just right-click and it says view in IE, uh, I believe is the, yes. is the option. So, um, yeah, so you can, you know, it's, it is what it is. It'll open up a new tab within Firefox and it'll have this little Internet Explorer tab. Um, so you're not opening up Internet Explorer. That would sort of be, you know, pointless. Well, Uh,
0: technically speaking, it is opening Internet Explorer in the background, but without you knowing it. it, And it's just bringing it inside of your existing browser window, which is really nice. Um, Very nice. When this comes in handy, there are some like, let's say you're doing some some banking online and Mm -hmm. you want to check in and you want to transfer some funds from one account to the other. There are some banks that say, I'm sorry, we only work with IE you know, which yeah, by the way, no problem. at yeah. that point, it's time to actually change to a different bank. That's getting real with the world. So, so get a, banking advice here too on business. That's that right. weekly. Go get a real bank. Uh, but then, <laughs> but then, but then if, if you happen to be with a, you know, a lame bank like that, um, then not that I'm opinionated on the subject, uh, and not that I really hate IE or anything, but the thing is, is that, um, you can just click on this and, and it opens up. It, matter of fact, you don't have to go and type in the, the, it It's like you're on the fire. You're in Firefox and it's giving you this message down on the bottom little uh, you know, little icon in the status window down there. You just right click on the Firefox icon and say view an IE and it loads the exact same page in Internet Explorer and boom, you're good to go. Yeah, beautiful. Yep. Alrighty. So moving along, we have download status bar. Now, this one is more of just the aesthetics of things. I hate nothing more, Andy, to click on a file and be downloading it, and it pops up a window.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I want to know the status without being interrupted. I mean, that's the big thing for me. I I want to know how it's going. Um, you know. Yeah, you're right. W- without taking up screen real estate. So this is what it says. It is. It is. It'll show you the status of all of your downloads uh, in a bar at the bottom of your screen, and um, you know you can. You know, you can have more than one you know thing downloading. And you can see, oh, it's taking a long time, or it's frozen, and um, you know, it is it is very very handy. I actually think I forgot I had it. Yeah, I forgot I had it because I've had it for so long. You know, it's just sort of a part of my my internet exploring. So
0: right. So anyway, uh, yeah, download status bar. It's it's very useful application. Uh, and the other thing is, as I do is I switch it to mini mode, to mm-hmm. where it just shows two digits. And so it's oh, yeah, a, nice. it, it says zero of however many or one of. And so it basically tells you how many things are downloaded, how many things have been downloaded that aren't, you know, kind of cleared out of the queue yet. Um, uh-huh. And if you hu- if you go down and click on those two numbers, then it pulls up a little tiny pop up from the bottom and it kind of gives you a, a, a graph of or not a graph, but um, a status line that tells you the sure. percentage that it's downloaded. Yeah. So I I switch it to mini mode or it, it might be advanced mode or something like that. Well,
1: that's a great point, um, Cliff. Uh, yeah, it is mini mode. Is a lot of these you don't just put them in. You can actually go to add-ons and then you do options, and it's yes. got just a ton of options. Yes. Um, Cliff, let, let me ask you real quick. Um, this isn't you know too much of a rabbit trail, but ha- have you ever donated to these people before? I have. I, I I I bring that up, Cliff, because it doesn't surprise me you said that, but. I really want to be more intentional about um, donating to these people who write these plugins, frankly. And, and, and I don't know how how much have you given them? Well, you know, let me
0: ask. Uh, I there are some that if I use it on a daily basis and it and it helps me to earn money and do it more efficiently. I mean, I've sent as much as fifty, seventy-five bucks to some of these folks. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. they usually say, "Hey, give me a couple bucks." Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know. But seriously, Cliff, I, we're not exaggerating. Some of these have gotten a million downloads. Yeah, you know. I mean, they're, they're, we're not exaggerating. A million downloads of something that you wrote that's free, and you know, it's like throw the guy a bone, you know, or the gal, whoever it is. You know, and so I, I'm going to be more intentional. I should probably just go back to these, the ones I'm using, and say, hey, you know, keep coming up with this stuff. Because a lot of these people, frankly, are very talented. So they will write other plugins. Yeah. And, you know, they're not. I don't think they're going to keep doing it if they don't, you know, make any money at it eventually. I mean, I think you have to, like, have a job. But uh, I, I think it's my encouragement to folks, if you do happen to pull these down and use them, uh, and, and they do help your business, you know, throw these people some money. They usually have some donate. Uh, options and uh, and also I think the big part of that is uh, this is maybe more of a reason to donate. It's, it's not quite as altruistic, but is that um, if you don't support them, then they they may not support the plugin. they yeah. may say it was taking too much of my time. I couldn't keep upgrading it as Firefox upgraded. Yeah. So if you want the plugin to stay alive, just like Cliff and I talk a lot about, we like paying for products because we know the company has a good business model. Yep. Uh, you know, so pay for the plugin even if it's free.
0: So Absolutely for them. Yeah, and 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 plug in people, you know that you're creating these things. Continue to give them away for free, but by golly, find find some ways of adding some super cool features, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 charges for them. I'll pay you money on some of them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, so I, yeah, yeah, I, j- just but just make sure that you're able to stick around because some of the stuff you're doing is just absolutely out of this world. And and honestly, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do business without your plug in. So.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah. And that's the hard part. It's once it's out there, oh my gosh, if they take it away. Yeah. You know, it's like taking a leg off a stool. It's
0: not the same experience. So, uh,
1: what about the uh,
0: faviconize? Faviconize? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to (laughs) talk about these two in conjunction with one another. Yeah, do that. Do that. One permatab. Yes, there's the faviconize tab and the (laughs) permatab. And faviconize tab, basically, when you open up Firefox, and you you look at your if you have like the browser tool, you know the browser open with all your tabs it's got the little favicon which is by the way that little tiny sixteen by sixteen pixel icon that kind of goes with the site and then right next to that it has the text which is the you know the header text or the name of of that site well the situation is is that. Um, you know that takes up that you know you open up as many tabs as Andy and I do uh, that <laughs> starts taking up a lot of real estate and you're you have to actually you get a scroll, scroll bar to choose what tabs you want to open uh, you want to have active well the thing is is you can use favorite favorite uh tab and this add-on allows you to double click on any tab and it will shrink the tab down to the size and only show you the little icon All right. Now I think I, I usually, I have five websites or I think four or five websites that I have over to the left hand side that are only favicon's and the rest, anything I open up beyond that is just regular size. But on, on the ones to the left, I always have my Gmail open. I always have my calendar open. I always have my, um, Google voice open and I always have my high rise open and i have a business spreadsheet a link to us, my business spreadsheet for a google which is a google spreadsheet all of those open all the time they only take up they actually all all of those take up less space than one o- normal open tab absolutely okay now the other thing is is that here's the other thing plugin i have it's called permatab and mm-hmm. what permatab allows me to do is to make those tabs permanent meaning that there is no ability there is no option to close those they will always be there no matter what and if I close the browser and I restart the browser those five tabs or whatever they they are the as soon as you open the browser they're already there and after you've loaded the browser it's already loading those sites in the background mm-hmm. so as you know I fire up Firefox and within just like 20 30 seconds, my my Gmail's open. My my calendars open. My all all of those things I just mentioned they're already open, already loaded.
1: Yeah, and again, it's something where they've protected it so you can't close them, even if you wanted to. You know, that's the perma tab part of it, which really becomes helpful. Um, and I don't know if I've got the closed tab. Yeah, I, I want to mention this one real quick because I think it uh, applies to it. Is that there's there's another plugin and it's a close tabs list or option. And that is if you do accidentally close a tab and you go, oh my gosh, I mean, how many times have you done that? I, I, I do it all the time. yeah but you, you can right click um, and it'll say, you know, close tabs list and it'll say undo close tabs. Yeah. Uh, and it has a list of the 10 last ones that I closed. And so I can reopen them that way. Yes. Uh, which is really, really, really handy, I yeah. think.
0: That is one of the things I do love. It both Google Chrome and Firefox allows you to unclose a tab if you've accidentally, a- accidentally closed it. And of course, there are settings where you can, for each tab, if you right-click on it, if you have this PermaTab in, in, installed, uh, it gives you the ability to turn any of those things into PermaTabs mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or to turn it off as well. Yeah. All right. Gmail Notifier, you've already had that. Um, what I did is I deleted the original one and just left that one in the list there. Uh, okay. So closed tabs list, you just talked about that one? Yep. All right. And that's a plugin because I didn't know that was plugin. I did, I just have the closed, undo closed uh, I tab. Think,
1: and may, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just part of it, but I thought it was a... Yeah, because mine has a closed tabs list. Maybe I think what I did is actually I went into the browser area where you can do the, the reload and the home button yeah. and I actually made it a drop down um, so you can do a right-click or you can actually make it a button for a drop-down. Nice. Um, so, you know, again, it's something if you're using it a lot, You don't forget that you can right-click in that, I call it your navigation toolbar. You can go to customize and you can actually drop some icons in there. So, um, you know, if j- just take some time on your browser and you can you can drop something pretty nice. Uh, in the same area where you would hit reload or, you know, go or home and all those buttons, there's other buttons you can add in there. Uh, to save yourself some time, so I think that's just one of them that I had in there. So
0: all right. all right, what's search bar search bar options slash Amazon? Well, it's you know
1: Firefox, by default has you know this Google search in the top right hand corner as another another area you can type in your search, and you can do a drop down there and you can you know add other options for search. So let's say you you want to look for something on eBay. Well, I do a drop down on there. I can select eBay and then I can type in an item and it's automatically going to search eBay for that item. I can do the same thing for Amazon. I have another one that has a domain lookup function Another ones for Wikipedia. So all these different, um, and actually I have another one for Amazon prime because I'm an Amazon prime member. Um, and I paid 80 bucks. So all year long, I get free two day shipping or overnight shipping for $4 on any item I get from Amazon. So I can search not just Amazon for, but I can search Amazon for prime, uh, eligible items. Meaning I don't want to ship them unless I can get them in one or two days. And so in that search bar where it normally it would just say Google, you can search amazon.com, eBay, Wikipedia, look up a domain, all these different functions. And the idea of this is really just to, to minimize your, your clicks. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, uh, I, I like that one a lot. And I think I may have just gone up to manage search engines and then I may have just added that one. I'm not quite sure. Um, I got them in there, but I'll have to double check that, <laughs> but they're in there and it's helpful. I use it all the time.
0: All right. Very cool. I, now the next one I want to, I want to hear you tell me about, cause I've heard of this one. I've never installed it and I don't know why, because I use FTP all the time. So tell me about fire FTP.
1: Well, I'm going to click on fire FTP and it'll open up a new tab. Um, and again, this is sort of elementary, but we're talking about tabs are not windows. So they're individual tabs in one window But I open it, and it's going to bring up an um, FTP-able browsing window. And so basically what it does is on my left side, it shows my computer and all of its information. And on the top left, it gives me the ability to connect to any FTP server that I'd like to connect to and allows me to save those. So I can save old clients' uh, FTPs, but I'm going to go to my FTP. I'm not going to log in now. But then I can click Connect, and I basically can have something like a FileZilla but it's built into my browser, and so I'm I'm managing my FTP client from my browser window. That's all it is, and it, I, you know, FileZilla, exactly the same thing, uh, in my opinion. Except that I have to open up another program. So right. that's that's why I end up using it.
0: No, that that sounds great. I I like the sound of it. I might check that out. It, does it save like the your sites like if you had fifteen different sites that you go yep. to.
1: Absolutely, and and actually it does. Um, does more than that, where you can do, um, I think you can do families. You know, you can do groups. So you could have, you know, uh, your clients, and you can also have your personal if you have more than one FTP client. You know, so you can sort of save them in in, uh, in groups that way. And what, I haven't ha- I haven't had any hiccups with it. I find it. You can still. The other thing about it is you can move the windows around because a lot of a lot of times in FTP, you know, you want to kind of reshape the size of your window depending on the length of the, yeah, the file name. Yeah, and, and you know, it's all very. Vertical, horizontally, you can move all that stuff and it shows a queue, and um, yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty
0: sharp. I wonder if that one's available for the Mac as well. Do you know yet?
1: Um, I'll pop up my Mac and I'll tell you, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because I got that uh, Mac heist. Yeah, and I got that flow and I don't like it. <laughs> so I just use, yeah, it is. I have, I have Fire FTP on there right now. So yeah, awesome. it's available for the Mac.
0: I will check that one out. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And uh, let's see what other questions. Of course, what would be cool is if it would back up and store all that information. But you know, what it's that's no different than me having to install Fire or FileZilla in both places. So, anyway, I will definitely be checking that out. And I wonder if they'll be see, they, they call all these things Fire FTP and it used to be called Foxmarks. Yeah, Xmarks uh, used to
1: be Foxmarks, ex- right?
0: Exactly. And, and you know, I, I'm hoping all these things get ported over to Chrome and we'll yeah. talk about that in, in in a minute if we have some time. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's a great one. Uh why stamp is something that you and you and I both use. Um yeah. and why stamp I just talked about on Social Media Serenity today. Oh really? really? Yeah, we talked about it at, actually at great length. And in oh, fact, cool. if you don't mind what I'm going to do, I'd like to use this as just a moment to plug the Social Media Serenity podcast. Go to socialmediaserenity.com specifically look for episode number 33 and in fact if you want you can get to episode 33 of social media serenity very quick by typing in this web address gspn.tv forward slash inbox zero we are doing what may be like a you know a three or four week series on the topic of inbox zero nice for social media serenity and uh, email signatures, and actually being able to, you know, take snippets of information and paste it into your into your emails uh, from your browser is something, or from actually any places, is, is really a desire of ours. So um, we talk about this, but just just for those of you who are just going to stick out here, what this allows you to do is it allows you to use Gmail and have email signatures with like graphics in it and all this other stuff which is not something you can do in the signature line of your you know your gmail settings so for those of you who have switched to google mail as a result of andy and i convincing you to do so and And you got mad at us and then get well i haven't had anybody get mad but you may have noticed that when you go in and do your fancy logo uh in your signature it's not showing up well, the, my friends, uh, you, you know y Stamp, which is available both on Chrome and on Firefox. WiseStamp uh, uh-huh. is amazing. It it allows you to do a complete, fully blown HTML version of your signature, and it will incorporate it right into your your emails.
1: And when we say a dynamic signature, I mean you can do a lot of stuff with your signature. I mean, I, I don't know of any other than putting maybe an iframe in there or something there, there are not a lot of boundaries on it. And, um, you know, without going too crazy, you know, you can really make a very dynamic informative, helpful signature. I I get asked about that clip all the time. Yeah. How do you get your signature like that? How do you get, you know, from people who even have, you know, other email clients that allow signatures, you know, how do you get your social media icons in there and so on and so forth. And so, um, the other one that I want to mention is with the black canvas, Gmail signatures, the only reason that we bring up that one is because that one has some good templates that you can then use and sort of, you know, tweak to plug into Ystamp. Like, it'll give you the HTML code you will then put into Ystamp. So, um, but we use Ystamp. It's running all the time. The other cool thing about Y-Stamp, I I don't need this because I don't have a separate, you know, business and personal email signature, but you can have two signatures. And so you can choose based on whatever you know, email you're sending out that you have a personal or business or you could, if you have more than one business, you could just have business one, business two, um, you know, those two different signatures, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. And I wish that they see, this is a, this is a situation where if they had a pro version that allowed me to have like 55 signatures, I would love Mm -hmm. it. And the reason why is because I don't have 55 businesses, but I, I use, you know, my personal signature is, is the signature I use in my emails. But what mm-hmm. I've been doing is I've been using my business signature. It the HTML code of that is a five para, you know, th- four or five paragraph note yeah. letter that is written to anybody whose uh, subscription to PayPal has canceled uh, mm. for pl- pro- for Plus membership, and I and it's usually because their credit cards expired or they changed their banks and forgot to notify PayPal. And so, you know, whenever this happens, I basically say, you know, dear Andy, comma, and then I go in and I say, insert business signature, and boom, it plops down the entire email for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I use it as the thing, you know, that that just kind of has pre-written things. Now, if they would give me the ability to, number one, instead of I would like to be able to label it instead of saying personal or business, I'd like to give those specific labels. Plus, I'd have I'd love the ability to you know have you know at least ten more of those right you know, settings
1: now what i use for that cliff is canned messages do you know about that from I think we talked about that before maybe for gmail that's is that a, that's is it. that
0: the is that the labs version yep, yeah yeah it yeah. doesn't work i i tried it and it's just not intuitive for me but you like it and no it, it's not it, it
1: no it's not intuitive i mean uh, the interface on it is just yeah, ugly yeah but I, the bottom line is i have a couple like when i'm going to meet with someone for a consultation uh-huh. instead of instead of going to a Uh, excuse the rabbit trail here, folks, but when, when I'm going to write a message again and again and again and again, and specifically it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm on the phone with someone. I say, okay, I'm going to send you the link now for our meeting. I have that saved as a canned message. And so it's just a few lines and then, you know, boom, it goes out to them, but no, it's, it's not very well laid out, but again, that's, that's Google labs for you.
0: Yeah, Andy, you want to check out the uh, that social media serenity episode number yeah, thirty-three. Yeah, I'm pumped
1: to listen to that. Yeah,
0: you, and uh, you definitely now that you have a Mac, you you definitely are going to have to get a, a a program called Text Expander. I can guarantee it. Text Expander. Text okay, Expander. Great. Absolutely. And that great. that's discussed in episode thirty-three as well of social media serenity.
1: I like how it sounds already. Actually, I'm getting yeah. my head around that. Oh, dude. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's keep going. We got just a couple more before we, we're done here. Um,
0: add block so, plus. All right. Yes. Yeah. Now this one, you know, this is one that I'd be honest with you. I had a hard time deciding to use this, you know, I, cause I am not anti advertising. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of advertising. I like sponsorships a whole lot more, but, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's only so much of half naked women uh, that want to meet with me from my hometown on Facebook or you yes. know all these other what places? What coincidence, huh? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I I am so sick of those things and and AdBlock Plus is a plugin that can block all those advertisements and right. um it, it, you know what I, I I you know what even Facebook I'm sorry Facebook you started to allow risque ads so you're blocked too. Um, sure. And, and so I, I have no problem anymore it's just like listen your advertisements and if you're blinking and you're gonna cause I, I don't have seizures but I feel like I'm about ready to with some of your advertisements out there people uh you know you you start blinking stuff at me heck yeah I'll never see another ad you put on your website
1: yeah I feel like I'm in Vegas you exactly. know but I'm in my browser so what this essentially does is it blocks um it, it blocks all these ads from popping up and uh does it in a very unobtrusive way you know
0: absolutely and uh so so yeah and, and, and i'll tell you what facebook is so much cleaner uh on the you know when i'm going to look at my profile and i never it's it's so funny i'm like i i go to somebody else's house and it's like they pull up facebook and i'm like what's all that crap oh wait a second that's right i use AdBot plus <laughs> <laughs> yes. well hey we only have one more yeah. We only have one more. And uh, I want to tell you about the PayPal plugin. Now Andy, I know you use PayPal, right? I am a Paypaller. Do you have a PayPal debit card? Uh no, I need to get one. Sorry.
1: I know you do. I know uh, you love it.
0: Oh, I love my PayPal debit card.
1: Tell um, me about your
0: PayPal debit card. Well, Cliff. my pay, my, pay, my PayPal debit card makes my PayPal account just like a checking account, and I treat it as such. There's always I try to always keep about a thousand to two thousand, sometimes as much as three thousand dollars in my PayPal account. Not that I ever put that money there. It's just that that kind of money comes in, and and I, you know I just choose not to transfer that money to my business checking account. And the reason why is because PayPal does really good job of just tracking all my stuff as I spend. And, and, uh, so everything I put and not to mention the fact with PayPal debit card, uh, I have it set up to where I get a cash back bonus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just spent, I just put a $850 deposit, uh, at the Hilton hotel to reserve a, uh, restaurant for our loss, uh, finale party. Mm -hmm. And uh, that $850 went on my on that PayPal debit card. I'm going to get 1.5% cash back from that $850. So and and I pay my health insurance, my health insurance. I won't tell you how much it is, but it's a lot of money. I pay every month. I pay that on my PayPal debit card and I get 1.5%. See, I don't believe in debt, so I don't do I don't do credit cards. But I do debit. But oh, you cards. believe
1: in debt. You just don't believe oh, in yeah, I, it. I believe it exists.
0: <laughs> I I just decided to stop working for the man. That's right. But but seriously though, um, yeah, so I I I use this PayPal debit card. Now here's what the PayPal plugin allows me to do is you know you go to a website and sure you you buy things off of Amazon, you feel okay about that. You you go to um you go to buy.com, you feel okay with that. You go to staples.com, you, you feel okay about that. You go to uh, you know the most awesome product in the world dot com you know and they ask for your credit card information I yeah. don't know about that you yeah, know yeah. and so I'm not ready to hand over my PayPal debit card with my you know 16 digit digit number my expiration date and the security code on the back of my card so I o- pop open my PayPal debit card or PayPal plugin, which by the way I'm going to click on right now and I click generate secure card Nice. And what it does is it pulls up a little window and and it literally goes ching ching just like a just like a like a slot machine and it nice. generates a random a random unique 16 digit credit card number for you with with a with a unique security code and and it's got the expert a unique expiration date and you plug that in and that can only be used one time. Nice. Yes. And not only that, but I believe if I'm not mistaken, Andy, I I believe there's an option and I haven't used this in a while because I I usually try to uh, to, um, you know, shop with secure sites that I'm familiar with. But anyway, I believe there's the option for you to take that. And let's just say you have a service that you're signing up for and they want to monthly charge your credit card. Right, I believe you can actually generate that generate that unique uh, debit card card number information and say, please allow this to be used, re- you know, on a recurring basis with this, you know, for you know for this one vendor. Wow. So I I can't remember for certain if that's there, but I'm certain I wouldn't have just made that up. So well, um, I
1: can't. I, well, I can't imagine that they. I mean, that's probably part of the. The plan though you have to you have to compensate for when people bill you monthly yeah. to still keep it secure so yeah. anyway and by the way the most awesome product in the world.com is available for purchase
0: that is awesome <laughs> that is awesome hey everybody that is our show for today and uh you know we're right up on an hour um andy told you this was going to be content rich i know that you found this valuable i mean i, I i'm absolutely certain I, without a doubt you have heard at least two or 3 plugins today that will radically change the way you browse the web moving forward. And is this not worth $10 a month, the kind of content that you're getting here at businesstechweekly.com? If you think so, and you agree, would you become a gspn.tv plus member? Head over to gspn.tv forward slash plus and... And become a plus member today. Make sure that you get every single episode of this wonderful podcast. The other thing I want to do is I want to tell you that I'm getting ready to launch a brand new podcast all about virtual assistants. Um, um yes.
1: I am pumped about this podcast.
0: I know. Tell me why.
1: Because I have a virtual assistant now. <laughs>
0: and you have lots of questions, don't you?
1: I of course I do. I you know, I'm I'm solopreneur. I've never employed anyone to that effect. So um, especially remotely, yeah. There's all kinds of questions. Anyway, tell me more about what you're doing.
0: Well, here's the deal. I, I'm a, i I'm certain that I'm going to end up doing the podcast regardless. But he, here's the situation. I want people to listen to this closely, and this is how important this is to me. Um, I am making a pitch tomorrow afternoon to the owner of a certain company that that does you know that that you, where you can go to hire a virtual assistant, and I am about 99% certain that I'm going to be able to sell this individual on the concept of sponsoring me for this podcast. Cause I have mm-hmm. no doubt uh, with my given experience already that I'm going to be able to convince people that, that this is a, this is a place you want to go and hire a VA from. Uh, but yeah. not to mention the fact I, I'm going to tell and say, listen, I'm going to recommend that some people might want to go and hire, you know, perhaps there might be a task that you can pay somebody for eight bucks an hour for overseas. You know, it, you know, all those kind of things are possible. But here's the situation. I am looking for people to give me a call at 859-795-4067. And would you please leave me a question on the voicemail hotline about virtual assistants? So basically, just leave your name and say, hey, I'm calling for the VA podcast that you're doing. And I have a question about a virtual assistant. Just say your questions, just like you would for Business Tech Weekly here. Um, you know, I've already, actually, I was hoping to have about 22 questions. Uh, currently I have nine questions now. And so I'm still looking for several more questions. And, and basically I've already got enough questions where I think if I play the, the questions that I have and, and she's like, Oh my gosh, people want to know that. And they're actually thinking, and they're coming to you for this advice. Heck yeah, I'll sign up. Uh, but it's going to be a 12. It's going to be a 12-part series of podcasts. So that's, there's already an end date in mind. So mm-hmm. it will be one episode a week for 12 weeks answering all your questions about virtual assistants. And so if you have a question or even if you can just think of a question, please call 859-795-4067. And even if you don't make it before my time to talk with her tomorrow, I desperately want these questions for my podcast as content. So they, I will eventually get to your question within the, those 12 episodes that I will produce. So there you go. That's what I need.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and VA is, that's a huge category. And, and I think there's a lot probably crossover of folks that people listen to business tech weekly. I, I think if you own a store, if you are, you know, work at home, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of folks I know that, that actually they have offices, but they still use a virtual assistant. Um, you know, there's just a lot of cost savings that goes along with it. um, you know, I, I did also have a conversation with someone that they have a virtual assistant in another country, $300 for a full-time virtual assistant. And I said, how is their English? And they said, I've never talked to him before. <laughs> so there's all kinds of different needs for virtual assistants, but I, I really like the direction you're gonna go with your show um, because, you know, I wanna deal with someone um, on American soil that really um, is is on the ball and ready to help me with my business and help it grow. and um, You know, I'll I'll be calling the hotline soon, man.
0: Awesome. I appreciate it. And folks, of course, you can also call for this show as well. Do you have any uh, response to plugins that you use for Firefox that we missed? We can learn. We can learn from you, too, my friends. So, uh, you know, give us a call. Phone number is the same for both of those. 859-757. No, that's wrong. 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. We'll be back again next week, folks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, again, this is a free episode. If you like this content, head over to gspn.tv slash plus. God bless you all.